You're listening to Your Art Friends, Beth Radloff and Andrew Thompson. They're about to have a thoroughly unserious discussion about art. But don't worry, whether you're Da Vinci or the Worst, there's room on this palette for every color. If this is your first time listening to Creatives Brainstorm, be forewarned, because once you start looking at life like an artist, there's no undo button. There he is. There he is. Andrew dyed his hair. I did the thing I said I was going to do. Look at him. Awesome. Episodes ago, episodes and episodes ago, Andrew said, I really want purple hair. And I said, do it, man. He's like, "Ah, I think I might before Dragon Con. And guess what he did? I did it. And now it's all washed out. And now I'm like dirty blonde. (laughs) Which I don't mind. I kind of like it. It looks great. Thanks. He's got like a, like a, those big, strong muscles, remember? And also oh, yeah. he's got naturally. What was a forest green t-shirt and then an ashy blonde, ashy blonde hair. It's still a little like gray on the side over here because like the purple stuck on the side of my head where it's like super shaved. So you didn't dye your hair purple. You did like a temporary purple Yeah, thing. it was semi, semi-permanent, which... Kind of washes out pretty quick because I'm also the person who I cannot stand if I don't like wash my hair. Usually once a day. Very rarely can I make it like multiple days without washing my hair because it just gets oily and and I hate it. I can't stand that either. As a yeah. dirty blonde myself, if my hair gets even a little bit oily, everybody can tell. Everybody looks at her and is like, oh, so it's been eight hours since she had a shower, huh? (laughs) Nasty bitch. Yeah, they all know exactly (laughs) how many hours. They just can look at you and just guess immediately. It's in my brain. Um, Yeah, so I even, I I bought uh, like purple shampoo and purple conditioner to use to try to like slow it down. Yeah. Um, I also realized that how much of a habit it is for me to wash my hair in hot water because apparently you should wash oh, with cold water if you have fashion and colors I kept forgetting yeah. and I kept forgetting and so I would be like pretty much like almost done washing my hair and then all of a sudden be like fuck should have been cold honestly whatever <laughs> if you want to have the big bright mermaid hair yeah that's a sacrifice you have to make but yeah if you're just casually having a good time I'm yeah. never gonna take a cold shower no. Yeah, I well, like, when I did remember, I would just do my, like, hair in the cold. And then after I finished my hair, then I would turn it back to hot. And then I would, like, clean the rest of me. Yeah. Because, yeah, I wasn't going to do a full cold shower. Like, fuck that before a con. <laughs> like, I get, I get wanting to be awake for a con, but there's better ways to do that. Well, speaking of cons, we're going to get to the episode. I'm Beth. And I'm Andrew. And, and we're, we're your, your art, art friends. friends. So we're talking about conventions today. Yeah, because I just got back from Dragon Con in Atlanta. And I've been home. Because you're, because you're, I don't know. I was going to try to like make, take a dig at you. But then I was like, no, that's Dig me. at me, Andrew. Dig at me. What were you going to say? <laughs> I didn't even have a good one, like, queued up. It's just going to be, because you're lame. I don't oh, know. <laughs> <laughs> dig? That's just yeah, it's not a dig at all. 
But you will be joining me at Gen Con, so that'll be fun. Next week. This is going to yeah. be a two-header. We're going to start talking about conventions this week, and then next week we're going to sit down with a bunch of the other artists who will be in the Airbnb. Andrew, I'm so excited to be in a house full of artists. Oh my god, it's so much fun. At Dragon Con, we did... It was... Like, there wasn't even a TV set up in the living room of this, like, this Airbnb, and we just all ended up sitting in there doing different things. Like, there would be little groups, little pockets of, of us kind of, like, hanging out, doing our own thing. Like, Tim, Timothy, uh, our, our... Past guest of the show. Yeah, he and his boyfriend, um, they have one of those... I, I don't know what they're called, but they're the little, like, the little um, massage gun thing. It just, like, jackhammers you with a yeah. little massage. They brought one of those. They got it specifically for conventions because, like, after you work at convention all day and you're standing a lot... Um, Your muscles they, are going to be sore. Yeah, they would do it to each other on the on their back. And there was one night that we all just like had little like we 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 found uh, massage buddies, and then we'd be like, okay, so I'm gonna set a timer for ten minutes, and we're gonna do it, to my back, <laughs> and then I'll switch off and do it to yours. I was expecting you to say that everybody like cuddled around on the couch with their sketchbooks. I didn't expect it to be like a cuddle puddle massage buddy party. Yeah. That's adorable. And then there was another night that we were all like sharing TikToks with each other, and there's actually a video of of it. Uh, Tim took where he recorded it was like me and four other people all watching like one person's phone watching like tiktoks uh-huh. and then you can see the point when we all realize that we're on camera and we all tried different ways to hide ourselves <laughs> but each one of us had a different way to hide from the camera that's so funny because like <laughs> i spend a lot of time around content creators and so if that happens with me and my friends then everybody gets into a pose or like makes a big gesture or plays toward like everyone takes to the camera and says a quip. It's just a total opposite. Yeah. Oh, then there was another night we went to target me and a friend and we got gifts for everyone, which involved going through the dollar section at target and picking out gifts that we thought like fit each person. Cute. The most popular gift I am proud to say was one that I picked out and it was a set of Halloween witch fingers that oh were my like God. clear green with like red fingernails, like long red fingernails. And you put them on your fingers and then you had witch fingers. And the person who got them, they wore them like the rest of the weekend. Like I would just <laughs> see them. They took them to the con. They're at the convention. They're counting money with their witch fingers. Just yeah, gesturing and- to their mermaid paintings with their witch fingers. Yeah. And they were even having to use their like knuckle to touch like their phone screen because they couldn't use their phone with their fingers anymore. Oh gosh. But I was like, that's the best dollar gift I've ever bought for anyone. Cause they, they put them in their, uh, they had a fanny pack. And so they'd have them in their fanny pack. I would die if I was like, Hey, can I, can I borrow a tampon? And they're like, yeah, sure. Just look through my fanny pack. And I reach in and I grab what I think <laughs> is a feminine <laughs> cleanliness <laughs> item. And it's a witch <laughs> finger. Right. What the heck? I think, I think they were even glow in the dark. Like the green, the the transparent green was like glow in the dark material. Good job. Yeah. Oh, good job. You're just making me look forward to this even more. Yeah, it'll it'll definitely be a good time. We'll we have a good bunch in in the Airbnb for for uh, Gen Con. Yeah, I want to be like like a artist energy vampire. Like I want to spend time around other artists and just soak up 
all of the creative well, don't, juices. Don't drain, don't drain us of our creative juices. Like just in, like a sponge, take everybody's abilities into my own body. <laughs> I'm at the tail end of. I think I had an art block. I yeah. I had to wasn't drawing anything for a long time block, and I'm I'm starting to get back into it thanks to the sponge crab. I found this incredible animal called the sponge crab. It's so horrible. And we're going to share the sponge crab, right? On Twitter, of course. we have to share the sponge Near crab. Near everything we talk about on this podcast, we share on Twitter. So if you are like, I can't envision this thing, Beth, don't worry. Go find us at your art friends. The picture of the sponge crab will be there. Um, it makes me, that that sponge crab makes me think of the trope in like horror movies where like the... The, the scientist creates some creature and the creature like can talk a little bit and it's just like, kill me. Kill me. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what the sponge crab, the sponge crab has that energy. It has like, kill me it energy. It shouldn't yeah. exist. <laughs> Something's wrong. So this is, this yeah. is a, a slight against nature that this yeah, exists. Um, but I drew him. I went to a coffee shop for the first time in a year and a half and I and I tried to do that thing where you put a piece of paper in front of you and you like don't care and just just draw, just make yeah. marks. It's you're not being filmed. You're not going to post this on the Internet. You're not going to this yeah. just for you, Beth. Uh, and I did that for a little bit. And ultimately, when I finally felt comfortable, I drew the sponge crab. And, it, and it's the yeah. first thing I've drawn in a while that I've been like, yes. Nice. And then I drew the mascot, our, our yeah. Ope mascot. Oh, my God. Ope is great. I love Ope. I love Ope. And so now I'm just on a cute kick and it's getting me back into this. And so now next week I'm taking this kind of like newfound baby art creative energy and then I'm going to be around a bunch of a bunch of uh wizened con artists. That's that's a stretch, but I appreciate it. <laughs> Certainly wiser than I am. Uh I'm lame, remember? And <laughs> No, you're not. And I'm just I'm just ready to to load my load all of the fuel into my rockets and then shoot towards a destination I choose. I, I feel like it'll be similar to when you and I brainstorm on here, but multiplied by like 10. I'm looking forward to it. I, I love coming up with a lot of ideas. Yeah. And then not doing them. I mean, it's fun to practice that muscle of, of, of brainstorming, like even even if you don't. I think even as a creative, like if you don't follow through on your ideas, it's not always about the follow through. Certainly not when you look at my career. I mean, that goes for any creative, like (laughs) every single idea that any of us has, we never follow through on a hundred percent of them. And that's uh, because of a number of factors, but I think it is, it's like when you're an athlete and it's like, okay, you go to the gym or you go to practice. It's like for creatives, us brainstorming sometimes with other people who are creatives is, is like us going to practice. Cause we're just bouncing these ideas off of that, you know, that keeps our brains sharp for our yeah. actual job. Every time you lift weights, isn't the Olympic attempt at lifting weights. Exactly. So if you're listening to this, you know, and you're creative, don't beat yourself up if you don't follow through on all your ideas. It's all good. Okay. Okay, Andrew. <laughs> Since we're talking about cons today, I have a themed would you rather. Ooh, you ready for this? I love themes. 
It's a simple question with okay. with a, a challenging answer, I think. Would you rather have a booth at which of these two conventions? And these are real conventions, by the way. Fuck, I don't know where this is going. <laughs> okay. Your first option is the World Clown Association Convention. Okay. Your second option is the Association of Lincoln Presenters Convention, a.k.a. Lincoln. What, what, are, what are Lincoln present? What is that? Here's a description of the Link Lincoln. Do you love Honest Abe? Well, the Association of Lincoln Presenters honors our country's 16th president at this annual weekend-long convention. Taking place in Georgia's Blue Ridge Mountains, fellow admirers will come together to dress up as Lincoln and his wife Mary Todd Lincoln for a weekend of Civil War tales and reenactments. Oh my god. I love that before you gave me the full description of what that one was, I was thinking... Oh, is it just a bunch of like tall people wearing like top hats and looking very like grim? And then you were just like, yes, that is exactly Exactly what what it is. is. (laughs) And you with your colorful artwork sitting at the artist's Uh, alley at the Lincoln Convention. (laughs) How the Civil War reenactors come up. I'm kind of torn because one is like, do I want to be the like the, the like odd man out, be the like sore thumb? Or do I want to blend in and be like the normal one? <laughs> <laughs> the clown convention? Yeah. <laughs> let me let me read you the description of the clown convention. Okay. While some might find clowns to be the stuff of nightmares, if you're someone who sees the fun of them, this convention is for you. It takes place in New Mexico, which is a big change from its previous location in Thailand. <laughs> for four days, you get to watch performances by world-class clowns, take classes on juggling, balloon designs, and laughter yoga, oh. win weird <laughs> raffle prizes like a hot air balloon ride and network. Just don't forget your red nose. I think I think I would pick the clown one because like, I'm, not af- I'm not afraid of clowns, <laughs> and I feel like it could actually be a really relaxing, like, getaway vacation con you know like, i picked yeah i was laugh laughing yoga. At- i said yaflo <laughs> yoga <laughs> yafloga yoga wow yafloga is what we do isn't it hard to say that yeah <laughs> yoga <laughs> i gotta say i was i was laughing at like a clown convention because obviously the idea in your brain is just delightful but uh delightful yeah it, goofy it's just goofy but the description is selling it to me. Yeah. Like, I one, I also used to... I feel like this is giving away something about myself that I'm... Did you used to be a clown dude? I did learn how to do balloon animals. Ooh. I could do, like, a lot of balloon animals because... I forget why I learned, but there was somebody in my neighborhood growing up that knew how to make balloon animals. Oh, yeah. I, I remember the older balloon guy. <laughs> right. Well, it's actually this woman in my neighborhood. It wasn't like a creepy dude. (laughs) Growing up, I went to Catholic school. I don't subscribe anymore. Um, But they used to do this uh, festival every summer. And I think one year I might have volunteered to make balloon animals. And so I learned how to make balloon animals. And I could make like the the most intense thing I could make was Spider-Man. So it required That's two balloons awesome. and you'd use one balloon to make like one leg 
and um, one arm, and then you'd use the other balloon to make the other leg and the other arm, then you'd use the top of both of them and tie them together to make the head. So it was really just wow. a person, but it was like Spider-Man because oh, it was Spider-Man red and spine. red and whatever, red and blue. Yeah. And you could you take, if you had a it. Sharpie, you could draw like web patterns. I'm on wicked it. impressed. Like <laughs> I can do it. I can do the poodle. You give yeah. me a balloon, I can make the poodle. I don't like the noise it makes. It's an yeah. unpleasant experience. I'm yeah. scared the whole time because if it goes pop, pop, oh, <laughs> not for me. Yeah. But I was not expecting you to be part clown. Yeah, I, I, it's funny. I haven't thought about the fact that I learned how to do that in a very long time. So your convention table is going to be all of your standard things, your oh pins, your prints, your metal. Would- and then slightly to the right, you have like a bunch of Spider-Men's. I would just be wearing like a, a a neon pink balloon hat. You don't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then progressively throughout the weekend, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Oh, my God. You're adding to it. There's more Spider-Mens that are climbing up on top of it. Yeah, that's a good idea. I was yeah. going to pitch that you don't need um, to wear anything on your head. You could just dye your hair pink now. I could. You can have clown hair easily. And then just dip my nose in, in like, red dye every day. So it's a nice uh-huh. little, like, red boop. Yep. Or just have allergies that weekend. That, too. That'll work, too. Although in New Mexico, I feel like it's dry, so allergies might not be a thing. You know what? I don't know if the clown convention is happening because of um, the state of the world. But That's fair. clown masks, easy way to walk around and fit in. Mm-hmm. I did see a lot of really cool masks at the convention. I saw like people with like uh, character faces. Mm. Like a friend of mine had an All Might like smile mask. Nice. Which I was like, that's pretty cool. Um, Gentle cosplays. Yeah. And then I saw a lot of people who would cosplay who would then also have a mask that was their character's face. Perfect. I wonder if we're going to see that more often because like it's not uncommon to get sick at conventions. And yeah. if more folks are wearing masks around and it helps. Honestly, with their yeah, like no con crud. I'm fine with that. Totally. Con crud sucks. If you've ever had con crud, it's, it, it can be something that like knocks you out for like a week and a half or more. Well, speaking of con crud, how was Dragon Con? It was good. It was a lot of fun. And I think it was it was so energizing to be back in that kind of a space of talking to people and engaging directly with them about like my artwork and as well, you know, talking to friends and other artists that I haven't seen in a very long time. Yeah. So I, I just want to set the stage a little bit because um, you're, you've been tabling at conventions for years. So this is something that's very familiar to you. If you've never been to a convention, you've probably been to an art fair or a craft show um, yeah. maybe like a farmer's market. So the standard, the, the standard idea is that you've just got rows and rows of different booths and different people who are selling things from those booths or offering experiences. And often at these different conventions, you have artist alley where yeah. artists upon artists upon artists are next to each other, all sharing their wares. And that's the scene. I'm very nervous to go up to artists at their tables um, it's hard for me to to talk to people at conventions because I just don't want to do anything yeah, wrong. I'm, I'm just so scary. I know. It doesn't make sense. I didn't say that it's logical, but it is how I feel. It's it's not it's not illogical. I'll I'll go more on that in a second. Yeah, but. and I think that there's plenty of people who have very similar experiences to me. Mm-hmm. But meeting you and talking with other people who table at conventions, 
um, I was shocked at how much of a community it is for yeah. all of the quote unquote con artists. <laughs> eh, you, uh, you, you know each other and you help each other out. Mm-hmm. I sort of thought that everybody was their own island before. And now that I'm getting to know you and, and Timothy and some of the others, I'm really pleased to find out that this is a group of people who like vibe with each other. Yeah. It's definitely like a microcosm of fandoms. Like it's just like, it's so concentrated and just like focused and like you go in. And one thing I kept hearing from attendees was like, it's almost overwhelming the amount of, of, of of nerd culture in one building because if you think about it, there's hundreds to maybe even like close to a thousand vendors and all of them are selling different things or, or variations of, of the same thing or similar things. And so it's really interesting because you can, you, you can go to a convention and you can find things you never would have expected to find. But then you can also go to a convention and be like, I want to find a Spider-Man, cool Spider-Man like hoodie. And you can find hundreds of them. Yep. Um, and so I think that's one thing that's really cool about conventions is, is that you can find both the things that you set out to find and the things that you want to find that you love. But you can also stumble upon, you know, an artist you've never heard of, an artist who creates their own worlds. Um you can find products and merchandise that like you've never seen before, or maybe like one Etsy shop has, but you uh, don't use Etsy. And so it's really cool to me that you can just like have such a wide range of experiences at a con as, as a con goer. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, like it is really cool. I think when I first started getting into doing conventions and working them, I had no idea, like you were saying that there was this, you know, community of artists that um, share resources and and share, you know, where to get things done or made or or for their setup or whatever. Um, And I think there's definitely artists out there who are more of their little islands or maybe a smaller pocket here and there. But I think um, I was very fortunate to kind of stumble into this group of artists who is is pretty big and pretty sizable. and, And it's just, you know we're spread out over a bunch of different states. And, and so when you go to a show, there, there's a good chance there's going to be a handful of us that know each other and, you know, have tabled before at the same cons. And, and it's just nice knowing that, like, you're not totally alone when you go to an event because if yeah. you do suddenly have something break or maybe you didn't bring a tablecloth, then you needed an extra tablecloth. You can run over to one of your friends and be like, hey, do you have an extra tablecloth? Like- That's been uh, a scary thing for me because I, I haven't mm-hmm. had a community to go and do this with. Like I have my husband who will yeah. help, but this is not what he does. Yeah. Um, and so it would just be the two of us sort of stumbling through it. And to have yeah. found out that everybody is generous with each other and they hang out after the conventions and they help each other figure these things out was um it, it makes me want to be a I, it makes me want to do it so much more yeah and the, plus like you have the benefit of you're kind of already ahead of the game like you're not having to jump into doing conventions totally solo and then meeting people that way you're starting to meet people already that thanks do them. andrew thanks <laughs> for being my gateway friend <laughs> yeah hopefully you'll do ohio con when that one comes i applied around. 
I know. I'm really I excited. Applied. I'm, I'm hoping that it works out. Because then you can meet Cadence. Oh, my God. It would be oh so Oh, my great. God. It would be so little pupper dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, to, to also circle back to the thing that you said about, like, artists being intimidating behind the booth. Yeah. There is something to that because, like, one of the discussions we had at the Airbnb this last week was um, our good friend who is going to be on the show next week, Alex Dos Diaz, he was talking about how he thinks he might be a little intimidating to people because he's, like, almost six feet tall or, like, over six foot tall. Yeah, he's um, he's a triple threat. He's tall, he's good looking, and his artwork is incredible. And he also has good fashion sense. Like, yeah, dude knows how to dress. He was talking about how he thinks one thing that kind of discourages people from coming up to his table, um, or at least that's what he kind of theorized, was that he might be intimidating to some people, which mm-hmm. I think is totally fair because you have a comic convention or, you know, like something like Dragon Con that's like a gaming general nerd dumb convention. And a lot of people who, you know, are fans of all that stuff are introverts. And yeah. so they might not want to go up to, you know, a guy who's like six foot something and and kind of intimidating, wearing like all black or dressed very well. No, f- fancy zaddy. No, no. Yeah. And then you come by my table and I'm wearing, I've got like purple hair. I have a color coordinated mask that matches my outfit. Um, oh, fellow geek. <laughs> and I'm tiny and I'm just like, hey, how's it going? What's up? <laughs> Join the con? Poor Alex. Oh, yeah. bud. Like I said in an earlier um, episode, I have resting, you can ask me for directions face. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to, to Dragon Con, I guess the last thing I want to say, the cool, one of the coolest things and one of the most humbling things, I think, about being an artist at a convention, it, and it doesn't happen often. It's a very rare thing. And I think it's, it's, it's one of those things that reminds me like, oh, this is why I do this. Um, I had... A, a person come out to my booth and they, you know, were talking to me for a while and all of my work is original and I have stories behind all of them. And some of them are about, you know, traumatic events in my life. And, and I generally share the story with them. I don't go into specifics. Um, but with this one customer, I was telling them a story about three of my pieces or four of my pieces. And they ended up buying like four prints and a couple pins and then they were like, yeah, like, you know, your art really spoke to me. And I've just gone, I've been in a really bad place in the, over the last, you know, few months. And I feel like I'm finally coming out of it. And they started to tear up. And I was just ah. like, like, it, it, it's one of those things where when you're creating at home, yeah, you can't, like, you don't realize the impact that your artwork can have on people. Yeah. And so it's really cool and super, super humbling and and again, it reminds you why art is is cool and why art is is great. Why it's worth it's making. Because, yeah, it's because people have connections to it, and I think that's something that is so unique about conventions is you can share those moments with people. Yeah. Um, and they were a wonderful person. I gave them like an extra print because I was just like, oh my gosh, like I'm glad you're fe- I'm glad you're doing better. And like I had this like like whole thing that I told them and I was just like, I hope you have a great rest of your day. And like, you know, I hope this art, you know, helps and blah, blah, blah. But it was super sweet. And it, it was made like, your con. Yeah, yeah. It was a very sweet moment. Ah, that's, that's the juice. That's the yeah. spice. <laughs> yeah. That's why we're alive. Yeah. That's it. That's the whole reason. 
Another thing, too, related to conventions, attending conventions is a popular way for artists to make money, whether you're a con veteran or just starting out. You want to make the most of your of, of every convention that you go to. Mm-hmm. So on this convention-themed episode, I found an article that inspired me to talk about, you know, the seven awesome tips to help you take starving out of artists. You read an article about this? Yeah, I did. And I thought it was really inspiring and it kind of led me to put this together. What you, Um, you like actually you researched and you read an article about how to take the word. Yeah. I don't know why you're surprised by this. What's, what's what's the problem? I want to, I want to believe. We research every week, Beth. Yes, we do. um, Yes, we do. And I want to believe that this one is going to finally be the one that gets us on the same level here. Um, but I do notice that the intonation of your voice is cheeky. So I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm just always cheeky. That's true. So, you know, working at a convention can be very draining and it's often super expensive, right? To work. So we want to okay. maximize our time. Uh, yeah. So far, so good. First up, we have bananas. Andrew! Because bananas have their own, you know, they're they're, they're great con food because they're self-contained. They're, you know, they're in the banana peel. They're refreshing. They have carbohydrates. He's talking about con food. They're also a little, like, like, it's not like, you know, drinking a bunch of water so you're not going to have to go pee, but they do kind of, you know, wet your whistle a little bit. The next one, number two, we have uh, blueberries. Mm. Because they're they're very healthy and and you can just pop them in your mouth real quick. Do you not like blueberries? I love blueberries. That's not the problem here. Are you hungry? I'm starving, Andrew. Well, good because there might be something on this list that would you know fix that for you. I don't think that's how technically you fix- all of these things on the list would fix that for you. So we got granola bars because also very easy to eat and quick. Uh huh. We got carrot sticks. Doesn't mean none of these things make you pee. Fruit leather, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, or some other sandwich that you prepare before you leave for the con. How many things are on this list? There's seven things. It's the seven awesome tips to help you take the starving out of artists. Did you write this? What gives you that inclination? The last thing I have on the list are like those little protein packs that are kind of like adult Lunchables because A, they're fun because they're kind of like Lunchables, but B, they also have protein. I do like those. I I tend to always get one of those when I'm on an airplane, when I can afford to get on an airplane. So yeah, that's, that's, that's how you fix being a starving artist. Thank you. Thank you very much. For your contribution to um, the cause. You, you don't sound very happy. It's like, it's like when you hold a town hall meeting and it's about a certain topic. And then the first mm-hmm. person who comes up and talks at the town hall meeting wants to talk about something uh, totally different. Yeah. But had the same words in it. Uh-huh. That's what you're doing. Okay. That's what you're doing to me. I can't run a good government with you as my constituent are you running a government to i know but okay in my metaphor 
<laughs> I can't even have a good metaphor with you here. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Beth, and you know that. But what you might not know is that I'm a Denik Notebook ambassador. So why? Well, back in 2018, my tax man told me I needed a planner, so I just went into an office depot and grabbed a cute one. It was made by a company called Denik, and that started one of the most long-term relationships of my life because I liked that planner so much, I went ahead and bought five of their Stay Flat notebooks. I signed up for their ambassador program because I was already telling people to buy them. No one asked me to make this ad. I had to look up what they're called, but I just love the classic lay-flat notebooks. They have a Smithsown binding so their spines look tidy on a shelf. They're the perfect A5 size. And most importantly, they do indeed lay flat on your desk, regardless of what page you're turned to. I've never had to fight these to get them to stop creeping closed while I'm writing. And Denik works with and pays a wide range of artists to create illustrations for their velvety soft covers. So, if you're in need of a notebook, planner, or even sketchbooks, head over to Denik.com, that's D-E-N-I-K.com, and enter code BRAD, B-E-R-A-D, at checkout for 15% off your order. That's Denik.com, find your favorite thing there, and then enter code BRAD at checkout for 15% off your order. Thanks! Back to the show. For those of you who have not attended a convention before, or, you know, maybe you don't visit Artist Alley when you do go to a convention, uh, Beth and I wanted to talk a little bit about the types of artists that you run into at conventions, because... You know, we like personality tests here. We do. I thought it would be very fun to almost approach these like different personalities where, um, you know, there's no there's no artist who is singularly one of these five types of artists. There's always a little bit of a mix, a little, little mix in there. So, yeah, after we do that, Beth and I are going to then assign the types of artists to each other. And then we'll, you know, either agree or disagree um, who knows? It might be the end of the podcast as we know it. Are we going to fight? Oh, ooh, Maybe. I'm excited. I'll get my heckles raised. <laughs> That's such an old timey phrase. <laughs> Are you going to go paint the town red too? Yeah, yes. It's the bee's knees. It's going to mosey on over to this discussion. <laughs> so the very first type of artist that I, that I uh, found also, I did a, bit of research to see if there was an article already out there that existed that was kind of like, oh, these are the type of convention artists that are out there. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Really? Absolutely nothing. All Like, I even typed in, like, types of convention artists, and all of the articles oh were like, how to be a convention artist. So this is the define. this is the one. This we're is breaking the- ground yeah. with this. We are paving the way. Culture creators. Yeah. All right, what's the um, first one? I call it the sketchbook worm. Okay. So this artist is an introvert usually. Don't expect a ton of talking from this artist as they will have their head buried in their sketchbook, furiously sketching either a new piece or a commission for another attendee. One thing to keep in mind, you don't want to spook this artist, so approach (laughs) slowly. They might fuck up their drawing. You don't want to scare them. 
What if it's your drawing and you're going up to be like, oh, hey, how's it going? And you make them mess it up. If if me saying, oh, hey, how's it going? Makes them jump out of their skin. Uh, I might I might have made a mistake with my money. Well, you, you know how dogs will like they'll be asleep and then like the slightest noise just like sets them off or like they won't be looking at you. And then you like make a noise or like touch them or something and they like jump. Um, you, your, like do- your dog's my husband. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the second one is the elusive artist. So this artist seems to just appear and disappear from their table with no trace. You might be at a neighboring table looking at their work and planning to go there next. And as soon as you turn away and turn back, they're gone. Think Commissioner Gordon talking to Batman. Batman artist. Yeah, Batman. Um, yeah, so this one I feel like happens a lot when you know people at a convention and mm-hmm. you're an artist because then you go around and you talk to people and you socialize. Um, or maybe you also, have like s- signing events. Mm-hmm. Or panels or that panels, you do. Yeah. Um, I've also known a few people who weren't doing well at a convention and they would walk away from their table because <laughs> they would just be like, I'm bored. Yeah. Um, so that's another reason why why uh, the elusive artist exists. You'll um, often see a plaque at their table that says like what hours they'll be there and which ones when they won't. Yeah. Or like a lunch perpetual plan. like be back soon sign. Yes. Be back in five and you're like, I've been back in five and you're still not here. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have a urinary issue. <laughs> yeah. They drink too much water. They, they didn't water. eat enough bananas. They should have <laughs> eaten the bananas. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> why so, is why does eating bananas not making you pee gross me out so much? I think it's I because know. of how wet they are when you eat them. And the idea yeah. that well, it does like Ew. So one of our friends, he is, he is swears by bananas being the like ultimate convention food. That's to the yeah, point where he's right. He'll go around to everybody's table at the beginning of the convention because he'll buy like ten bunches of bananas. He's the banana guy, and he'll share bananas with everybody, and he'll leave like a banana on your table. I love banana guy. But yeah, his whole reasoning is it's refreshing. It kind of quenches your thirst a little bit, but not too much to make you have to leave your booth and go pee. Um, it's all self-contained and it has carbohydrates and, and sugar in it. Am I going to meet Banana Guy? Uh, I don't know if he is going to be at Gen Con. No, I haven't checked. No, because like game recognized game. I always but have a banana be in my backpack at a convention. It's a good con food. If you see me at a convention, ask me where my banana is. And I'll look at you confusedly for a moment because I'll think penis first. And then I'll be like, oh, it's literally banana. God, I hope I really hope that becomes a thing. <laughs> like fast forward to a year from now, like Beth is at a con walking around. People are just like, hey, where's your banana? <laughs> I'll have to keep it out all the time. I'll just hold the banana it's up in the air to answer here. everyone's question. It's here. You just like hold it up like like really triumphantly like put it into the air like over your head Mm. as you walk away from them i should get a little you know how they they sell like individual banana cases yeah i should get one of those i put my convention banana in my banana case we should get one for banana guy there you go you could also get a crocodana those little i'm sorry crocodiles that are bananas googling right now crocodana i have a friend who like collects them 
And she's also a convention artist. <gasps> it's so cute. Right? But you can't put a banana in it. No, you can't. But it is a banana themed thing. It's it is adorable and really sold adorable. at cons. Shit, dude. Like you can usually find a booth or two that sells them. What? Am I would it be an inappropriate time to scream, why didn't I think of that? No, it would not, Beth. We can't predict what will surprise us. The small delights that erupt out of our lived experience and seed themselves in our brains sometimes go unnoticed. But to not notice is not an option when you have a podcast with this segment. Welcome to Why Didn't I Think of That? Let's water those seeds. Yes. Cultivate that shit. <laughs> so so your Why Didn't I Think of That is clearly the Croconato. Yeah. Nice. I'm just going to go ahead because I, I had a different one and it was just like cute, cute drawings stamped on cookies. Whatever. Croconana is better. Croconana is better. It's a crocodile plush that's shaped like a banana. His little tail is a little banana stem. Croconana. And they're different colors. There's like, there's, they're all like pastel colors. They're super cute. You can find them at anime cons. Sometimes I'm real cons. into cute stuff right now. And this is, this is sparking some brain juice in me i want to make a little ope i want to make a little coffee cup plushy guy okay i'm throwing this out there all right goal yes. for the podcast that we can make an actual mug that has little legs on it that is ope i'm gonna get into ceramics i have a plan to get a wheel like, and our, i just bought i i'm gonna move soon and in the new place i'm gonna have a little ceramic corner i'm doing it and i'm gonna make nice. a little coffee cup guy and you could buy him at a convention that I'll eventually he's be at. He's gonna have a booty. He's gonna have a butt. Have a little booty. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you'll say, Croconana, who? Ope is where it's at. Yeah, you'll just be like, Ope. Ope, I like this mug. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I love that we keep getting so much mileage out of that dumb <laughs> joke. Like, Ope, here's your podcast. Ope, here's your mug. <laughs> Ope, here's your mascot. Do you have a Wittetot? Yes, my Wudetut is, uh, since I was, you know, at DragonCon, uh, our good friend and former guest, Timothy Von Rudin, uh, had a massive table at DragonCon, and it was impressive and so gold and so bright um, and shimmery. But the coolest thing I thought that Tim did was uh, his display for his pins. So first off, Tim's pins aren't enamel pins, they're just metal pins. So imagine an enamel pin, but they just don't fill in the gaps with enamel. It's just metal. Um, and he gets them like a gold finish. So they look, you know, on brand with everything else that he offers. And it's really nicely done. But the cool thing is he made this little picture frame and he got a gold picture frame. It's very ornate. And he took um, he took push pins and little gold flowers that he bought from like uh Hobby Lobby or Michael's and he glued those flowers to the push pins and then he put a string around the push pins and like uh, displayed the pins from the string so that customers can walk up and they can actually pick up the pin and look at it in the light and hold it in their hand but it's still attached to uh, the the pin board so it's very much it it has the energy of the the bank where you know you go and the pin is attached to the the desk and you can't walk away with the pin hold on a second no hold on a second (laughs) pronounce an enamel blank an enamel pin now at the bank i draw with a pin okay (laughs) 
Yes, I also say pillow instead of you pillow. You say you're a pillow guy? Yeah, but at least I don't say milk. At least. I draw the line. You say pillow? That's way worse. No wonder you don't yeah. have a girlfriend. <laughs> that's, that's me. I can dig. <laughs> no I, mean stuff. I can dig at you, too. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone on several dates with the same woman recently. Thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> Call me when it's official. <laughs> you would be one of the first people to know that, probably. Oh, for real? Yeah. That's very sweet. I'm glad. I'm yeah. I'm tickled by how close we've become. Yeah, it's really nice. But yeah, that's that's my what. Why didn't I think of that? Because it was such a good idea, and Tim did it so well, and it's so on brand with his stuff. Yeah, they um, say that if you have a table at a convention, it's good to um, set it up so that people can pick up and touch the merchandise, mm-hmm. the prints and the pins and things. And with pins, normally, yeah, they're pinned to a board. So all you can do is kind of admire yeah. from afar. So this is wicked clever. Yeah, it's really smart. Oh, you know what you could do? What? Do you know those card... Um, uh, 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 back when I worked in an office, we used to have to sign into the door with like a, a card scan lanyard thing, right? But I don't like to dangle a card <laughs> off of my neck. And so I yeah. had this kind of retractable zip line. Ah, uh, one of those. Yeah. Can you put your pins on a retractable zip line where people can pull them out near to themselves and touch and stuff? And when they let go of it, zip, 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 it goes back up. The only problem, the only problem with that huh. is I foresee physics happening and knocking over your pin board. I see. That would be a problem. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You'd have to hold it every time and protect your eyes. It's a cool idea. I do like it. <laughs> you're you're in the right mind space, headspace there. Mind space. I don't know. I told you, I love to have ideas and not execute on them. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's that that is our widen. I think that's for. Mm, that's a bad sentence. Um, fuck it. We're just gonna go back to the list of types of artists. <laughs> <laughs> so. First artist was the sketchbook worm. Second artist was the elusive artist. What's the third? The third is the assistant. This is usually a close friend or partner to the artist. In this situation, they're usually the more talkative, outgoing one. And this allows them to talk about how great the art is without sounding conceited because it's not their work. Mm. Um, There are also people that I know within the convention art community that have hired people, um, because they aren't good at talking to people, like they're just, it's not a thing that they're great at. Yeah. So they hired somebody to work their table for them. Mm-hmm. I've seen plenty of those um, mm-hmm. where I, I'll go to a convention to be like, oh, this is an artist I follow on DeviantArt. I'm so excited to meet them finally. And I go up and I'm like, I was expecting a 62 year old man. You're a tiny 21 year old woman. That's not right. The fourth one is the talker. So for the talker, you got to get ready to, you know, talk a lot when you go up to their booth, as you would guess from the name. Uh, they will most likely be animated, ask you questions about the show and the event, and, and make sure that you feel very welcome. Mm. Uh, they also might be chatting with someone who is clearly a friend when they walk up. Don't don't feel bad if you feel like you're interrupting them, because if they are another convention artist, they all know how conventions work. So have no fear. Approach the table. Now, don't worry, though, if you are an introvert, because I realize this might be, you know, intimidating if somebody's very loud and outgoing yeah. and you, you maybe don't want to go up to their booth because you're afraid that you're going to have to talk. Uh, because as a extrovert myself, 
I know that I've adopted several introverts over the course of my life. You've adopted them? Yeah, that's how that's how friendships with extroverts and introverts work. The extrovert just decides that like, hey, we're going to be friends. And they just adopt them. <laughs> come under, come <laughs> under my table. <laughs> yeah. I collect introverts. <laughs> so you're wait, yeah. hold on. So you have just said if you are nervous about approaching a talker at a convention, mm-hmm. don't worry because I adopt introverts and I will take well, you. So I didn't finish my sentence. I, I'm so the sorry. The, the full thought was that since I have done that over the course of my life with multiple friends of mine, I know how introverts are and I know when to give them space. Ah. And that is something that when somebody comes up to my table and they clearly don't want to talk, I can usually figure that out just by how they react to me going like, hey, how's it going? Like, are you enjoying the con? And if they're just like, oh, I'm just looking, then I I know to kind of like hands off, yeah. let them look. Don't don't ask them a bunch more questions because they want to take in the artwork. Um, so usually I say this, usually a lot of extroverts like recognize that and know when to kind of like let you, you know, peruse the artwork. Yeah without any interruptions. So don't be afraid of the talker. And then the last one, they are the flame. The flame. This artist is usually sitting or standing when you walk up, but they're not necessarily talkative. They might say hi or maybe ask you how you're doing, but for the most part, they're going to let you look at the artwork, mostly undisturbed. They let their artwork speak for itself. Oh. Think of the art as the flame and you're the moth. I see. So those are my five types of artists that I have I've put together based on my extensive knowledge and intense research on this subject. Thank you for all of your hard work. No problem. This helps me, a con-goer, better understand the types of people that I might interact with at a convention. I have been to a bunch of conventions, and I can attest to every single one of these. Um, yeah. Personally... I am somebody who is the most attracted to the flame type. Yeah. Uh, I like, I like to be like, Oh my God, the art. And I can walk up and they, there's just dead silent and I can pick around mm-hmm. and stuff. Cause every time, every time an artist, and the, every time an artist talks to me at a booth, I feel pressure to buy mm-hmm. something. Like once I've created a personal attachment, then I, I want to support and I want to help. Y'all heard it here first. If you sell anything at a convention, just rope Beth into a conversation. Yeah, I'll buy something. I'll feel really fucking weird if I don't. Because then I'm like, thanks for... I I just took your time away with a, with a heartfelt conversation and you got nothing out of it. I ha- had that heartfelt conversation. That was worth it. That's... I, like, I know that. Hey, I know that. And I still feel that way. Yeah. So you want to know something funny? Yeah. So my friend Sean, who will be on, you know, next week's episode, he goes by Art of Price. I've tabled next to him numerous times. And he does this thing where sometimes he'll have a really great conversation with somebody and he'll be like, you know what? You got the nice person discount and he'll just give them a print. (laughs) (laughs) And then they walk away and I just look at him and I'm like, this is why you don't make money. Oh, Hey, Beth. Yes, Andrew. Do you want to talk about color? I'm going to lose my voice if we keep doing it like this, but yeah. I'm just making you talk in your Ash Ketchum 
anime protagonist voice. Oh, you want to talk like Ash Ketchum? <laughs> exactly that. I decided for Color Corner that I was going to bring back a game that we tried playing on episode zero. Yes, the episode that will never come out. The game is a spelling game. So there are some really weird names of colors for paint. Uh, if you just go to like uh, Blick Art Materials website and just scroll through the different types of paint that they have, you can find some of these really weird colors. I took them from there. Okay. So how we play this game is there are three colors, and if you get one of the spellings right, you win the game. Thank God. Because guys, I I can't spell easy to spell words, let alone difficult dick blick words. What what's a word that you refrigerator like a regular word <laughs> refrigerator yeah it doesn't have a d in it gouache gouache is a fun one whatever you attempt is correct with gouache gouache is a sound effect <laughs> let's be real <laughs> so the first color we have is dioxazine purple god damn it <laughs> that is dioxazine purple. All right, I'm going to start with purple. (laughs) P-U-R-P-L-E. Got that out of the way. Cool. Diox. Can you use it in a sentence? I'm turning purple (laughs) whilst thinking about how to spell dioxazine. (laughs) Doesn't dioxazine sound like a medicine? It sounds like something I need to stay away from in order to live a healthy life. It's like a a bad gas that's emitted from your, like, washing machine when it's broken. (laughs) Yeah. Dioxazine. Honestly, a lot of these color names, like part of them sound like either medicines that would have, you know, a treasure trove of of side effects that you would have to watch out for. Well, this is how I think it's spelled. Very confident. Okay. Um, Okay. D-I-A-X-O. Oh, he's doing the polite white man smile. I'm wrong already. (laughs) Z-I-N-E, dioxazine. So you're very close, but wrong. Oh. You mixed up the O and the A. Oh. Yeah, like you were so close. I can't believe it. You were so close. So it, it's, it's yeah. D-I-O-X-A-Z-I-N-E. Yep. Well, you pronounce pillow weird, so maybe that's why I... Look, I'm so defensive. <laughs> You're just going to blame yeah, it. Yeah, what the fuck? No, Beth, you take responsibility. Like, you still have two more chances, Beth. Hold up. <laughs> Before you start placing blame, let's play the rest of the game. <laughs> I'm going to therapy. I'm uh, learning that I do this. Anyway, let's go on. <laughs> What's next? Okay, so the next one the next one is quinacridone red. Oh, I love this color. I love this color, and I in a YouTube video, I pronounced it over and over and over because it's crazy the way that it's spelled. Mm-hmm. Let's get red out of the way. That one's spelled R-E-D. Correct. Thanks. Quinacridone. 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 It makes me think of quinoa. Like, I feel like anybody who can't say quinoa, like my dad the other day said, like, quinoa or whatever. <laughs> but he didn't say it right at all. Like, I feel like if I gave him this word, he would also mispronounce it in that fashion. Quinoa don't. Quinacridone. All right. I'm going to take that as a hint. Don't take that as a hint. That was just me. I did. Like, I did. Took it. Okay. I needed something. Um, you just want to be able to blame me for this one if you get it you wrong. You know what? 
this time, it's on me. Q U I N A Q R I D O N E. Nope. No. How no. do you spell it, dude? It's Q U I N A. Okay. C R I D O N E. I was so close again. Pinacridone. A Q. I pronou- yeah. I replaced the C with a Q. <laughs> You you thought it was going to be trickier than it I really did. Was. I'm you know what? I'm impressed with myself what? so so far. Good job, good job, Beth. This is, You're so good at getting these wrong. I really am. <laughs> it's, it's one of my strengths. <laughs> <laughs> we got to play to those strengths. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the last one, your last chance. Okay. No pressure. Is. Naphthal red. All right. All right. I'm okay. taking a swing. Um, I'm going to... Red is spelled R-E-D. Correct. Naphthal. I'm going to... Naphthal. I'm going to sneak a vowel in there because I think there's a sneaky vowel. I think there's a sneaky I in there. And I'm going to spell it N-A-P-I-T-H-O-L. Okay. No. No. It's N-A-P-H-T-H-O-L. But if that I, if that I. There's no I. Was a T. And then some other words were, letters were. And there was also another H. (laughs) (laughs) No. You were very close on two of them. I'll give you like a, a, you tried. Thank you. I'll take it. You were close. I'll take the you tried sticker. I thought you were going to get dioxazine. Like, like I was, I was almost prepared for you to get it like, and be, you know, win the game right off the I bat. I appreciate that. But the public school education that I got taught me how to spell very wrong from an early age. And so <laughs> good job, Michigan. Good job, Michigan. You did pretty well in other categories, <laughs> but with spelling, you let your girl down. And uh, yep. thank goodness for spell check. Oh my God. It does like, I'm fine. I, my life is not yep. impacted poorly by my problem, but I have a problem. And it's that the word probably, <laughs> I can't spell it. Probably. <laughs> so what type of artists are we? Andrew, you're a talker. Easy. I am. I had to actually eliminate one part of my write-up because I said, I am absolutely a talker. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Um, I do think I'm part part talker. (laughs) (laughs) I am part talker, and I think my secondary one is probably the flame. Mm -hmm. I hope that everyone is part the flame. Yeah, because with the flame, I feel like especially over time of doing conventions, I've gotten better at kind of pinpointing like the type of person who's walking up to my booth. Yeah. And being like, oh, okay, I'm going to let them look Mm -hmm. for like a few seconds or like five, 10 seconds before I'm like, hey, how are you? You're a good judge of character. My strategy, my, my, my strategy for getting people to come up and talk to me is I say, hey, how's it going? And usually they're like, oh, it's going good. And then sometimes I'll follow it up with like, are you enjoying the con? And usually that brings them into the table. What an evil strategy to ask them how their day's going. (gasps) How could you? 
And then they come in and they're like, oh, it's going really good. I really like this con or this is my first con or like I do this con every year. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. It's like, are you local? And then we talk a little bit about that. There you go. And then usually after doing that for like a few seconds, I'll usually be like, well, my name's Andrew and this is all my original work. Everything has a story to it. So if there are any that kind of catch your eye, let me know and I can share the story Listen with you. Listen to him. That's the most confident I've ever heard you. <laughs> That was like that was like attractive, like a thousand times. (laughs) Practice makes perfect. Practice, baby. That's good. That's good. All my stories for all them, all of my pieces are also that way. Where it's like I feel like I could just say them without thinking. Yeah, you've got like an artist statement just baked in to your brain. Yeah, because you also don't want to talk too much that you like that the person feels like they can't escape. Right. Yeah. So you want to keep your descriptions of things like short and sweet. Good to mm, good to know. Mm. Yes. Mm. So when people come up to me and they're like, hey, I like your bird print that says I have IBS. What's the story behind that? I'll just be like, I have IBS. I have IBS. <laughs> yeah, I think for you. See, I haven't experienced you at a con before. Right. So this is this is all theoretical. Mm-hmm. I feel like you would probably, maybe you would be the reverse of me and you would be more of the flame, but also be able to back it up with a, with, with the talker. Mm. Like, I feel like your strategy would be reversed. That's a compliment. Thank you. Get the people, get the people in with the branding. Well, for you too, with like the birds and some of your like silly stuff, I think letting them read your work. And actually, like, process it mm-hmm. will help because then they'll laugh. And then they'll probably, yeah. like... You can't explain the joke before they experience exactly. the joke, And then know? they'll probably point it out to their friend if they're with their friend and be like, oh, look, the bird says I have IBS. It's so funny. I should get that for Colin <laughs> yeah. or whatever. <laughs> like, some fucking friend of theirs. I should get that for my friend. I'm so looking forward to people being like, my aunt has IBS. Oh, this would be perfect for her. <laughs> I... Uh, I have a bunch of them. So like ones I I have IBS ones like my degree means nothing. That's my most popular print. And I, I live for stories of people being like, fuck college. I love this bird. See, I think, yeah, I think when you start doing shows, you're going to have a lot of stuff like that, where people are going to really bond with you over sharing part of their life that they relate to one of your birds. Yes. And I have one of those faces. Like you get approached um, for directions, mm-hmm. and I get emotionally. You've, yeah, you said that before. Like people just unload on you. Yep. And something about the way that I handle it my invites wa- it li- more. My wife left me, and I'm depressed. Uh huh. And I don't have a couch to sleep on. You are quite <laughs> literally describing a conversation I had with my seatmate on an airplane a couple of years ago. <laughs> oh, that's great. I hope they're doing okay. Me too. He was very sweet. He cried. Uh, he, I, I think he just needed a therapist. Yeah. And I I was there for him. Mm. And he had a cry on the plane. And then afterwards, he... Uh, what happened? He gave me his number not to like date or anything mm-hmm. like that. He was like, thank you so much for this. If you ever need anything. Oh, that's if you very ever like, sweet. need money or if you need a ride someplace or like any kind of thing. Like you can count on me. Yeah. And it was really, really nice. That is very sweet. Yeah, it was super awesome. And he was cool. And I, again, hope he's doing yeah. well. I got one of them faces. So, yes, please tell me about 
Please tell me about your your interpersonal drama. Yeah. I'm safe. I won't tell any people that you know. I don't know them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think yeah, I think you would definitely be the flame first and then the talker. Because I don't see you as being the elusive artist. Oh, no? The only way I could see you being the elusive artist is, like, if you happen to suddenly realize that, like, the voice actor of Yu-Gi-Oh! was there and you needed to go... <laughs> Meet your your secret crush. My childhood crush. Yeah. She'd be like, can you just can you just please say it's time to duel? <laughs> and that deep that deep Beth voice. Is like, oh god. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah, I don't see like obviously you'll be the assistant when you're helping me, but like I'll still be there. I think I have a fantasy of being the elusive artist only because uh, in my head. Is it because it's the typical like artist stereotype of like, oh, they're so mysterious and elusive. It's not. I see where you're coming from, but it's not that so much as it's like, I want to be so busy. Mm -hmm. Like I want to have a bunch of commitments. I want to have to go to the Wacom booth in order to do a demo. And then I want to go and do the Your Art Friends live recording panel up in like the auditorium. Mm -hmm. And then I have to go and like get lunch real quick and have a bathroom break. And so the elusiveness is because my commitments are so grand that I hardly have time to be at my table. Okay, I get that. I get that. Because there is. But that's like five years down the line. There is part of me that's like, yeah, I want to be invited to give like a panel. Like I want to feel important. Instead of some just this 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 regular artist over here who doesn't give any panels or do anything. I don't know why I went into that voice. I won't be one of them regular artists. I want to be a proper artist. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like like there is part of me that like I would really enjoy doing like a panel or something like that, partially because of teaching and stuff like, you know, I've done They're in the a past. lot of fun. Um that is another thing too I really enjoy about cons is like you'll talk to newer artists or, or like little, little baby artists that, that they're, they're all nervous and they're like, like, how, how did you make this? And I'm always like, you're an artist, aren't you? And they're like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's, that was my favorite thing to do at Dragon Con. Like somebody would come up and be like, oh my gosh, your color palettes are just so wonderful. And they'd like, they'd say like one word that like, I'd just be ping. like, you're an artist, aren't you? And then I'd be like, yeah. You're an artist, aren't and then I'd be like, well, you might you speak the language. You might like my podcast called Your Art Friends. It's a comedy art podcast. <laughs> we recently talked about why the fuck the cars and cars have windshields eyes. And then they would like light up. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. If you're just joining us from one of the conventions where you've met Andrew or met me. Welcome. Yes. So happy to have you. Hope you're enjoying your time with us talkers. But yeah, it was very nice meeting all of you. Do you have an artist to share this week? I do. I think we're going to start making the artist segment a little bit shorter. Like how short? Like five, four short or like under five? Five, two short. My my height. <laughs> Itty bitty. <laughs> um. And now all our listeners know how tall we are. we're small scamps the two of us there's only so much that you can do on an audio medium to describe what you're looking at when it comes to these different artists so we are instead going to be uh shouting out artists and then you have to go to twitter to see their work maybe on down the line when our patreon's all set up then we'll do like a proper write-up about what what hits with these guys but for now it's going to be on twitter 
This week, I'm choosing the artist, and it's Paper Beats Scissors. Paper Beats Scissors is the artist. He's one of my favorites. He's always on my mood boards for, like, style choosing. I think he's so clever. Um, Did you just post it to your Instagram story earlier? I did, yeah. It's like Brock holding up Pikachu into a camera, and then you see Pikachu's face really big on the, like, TV screen. Yeah, it's his work. Just it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's playful. It's also like serious. Why would you ever talk about an artist like that on here? (laughs) I don't. uh, Clearly, you haven't been listening to any of the words that come out of my mouth, Andrew. You (laughs) facetious scamp. (laughs) I feel like you would say something way worse than scam. Paper bead scissors. They're the best. And go to our Twitter to check them out. Yeah. And where can they find us? How can they find us on Twitter? At your art friends. Oh, have we checked the Gmail in a while? Let's do it right now. Because I was going to do that the other day, and then I realized that I didn't know the password. Oh. <laughs> we got fan mail from Riley McInnes. It says, I'm not any kind of drawing. I'm not going to put this in the episode, but just so you know. Um, hi, Andrew and Beth. I'm not any kind of drawing forming visual artist, but y'all's podcast and joy and friendship make me feel warm and fuzzy and like there's still a whole bunch of good in the world. I've been a fan and follower of Beth's for a hot minute, and I've checked out Andrew's work. And I gotta say, I sent my sister a link for my Christmas present. Can't wait to have all of the art on the walls of my apartment. My job with a long commute recently went back to in-person full-time, so I'm glad to have your art friends to brighten up my long drives in, in the Arizona desert. Feeling very grateful for my art friends. If you ever do one of these drink and draws, I'd love to join and plan my D&D campaign and my terrible drawing maps. Uh, I draw my terrible maps. It sounds like a dream with the community you've created. Thanks for being you and bringing the show to the world. Hope y'all are doing well. And I can't wait for next week's belly laughs. Know this has truly brightened my life up and brought me a weird sense of comfort. Sincerely, Riley McGinnis, quiet fan who just wanted you to know your work and laughs mean a lot to me. That's so sweet. Oh, my God. It's hard to talk when you smile this much from, like, from the sweetness. Yeah. Um, On a related note, I wasn't going to put this in the episode, but when I was at Dragon Con, um, this one artist uh, came up to my booth, and and I'd met her before, but I didn't know her super well. And she came up, and she was like, hey, you you did Artist Alley online, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, it was me and my friend Corey, Might and Art. And she was like, well, I just wanted to, you know, like you guys did that. And you didn't need to do it. And and I just wanted to come up and like, thank you for it. Cause it, I really appreciated it. And, you know, you, 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 you got a bunch of artists like together and, you know, work together with everyone to, to, you know, benefit everyone instead of everybody kind of doing their own thing. And she made me cry. Yeah. Like, wow. Like, I, like mate, when we made it, it wasn't like we did it as like something where we wanted any thanks for it, but it felt so nice to have somebody who was affected by it in a good way, like thank thank me for it. And yeah. I cried, and I was just like, I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, I was like, can I give you a hug? <laughs> <laughs> and so I like went around the table, gave her a big hug, and I was like, thank you. I really like really do appreciate you you know, sharing that, like it, it really means a lot. Um, and it was on the last day of the con too. And it was when I was, you know, like a couple hundred dollars short of what I wanted to hit. And I feel like she walked away and I was just like, it's fine. I don't need to make my goal. It's okay. 
that's the thing I think about. Like, uh, profit is not value. Mm -hmm. Value is value. Yeah. And being able to make something like this show, uh, being able to bring people together through the artwork that we make and the stories that we're telling, um, to experience that ourselves and feel grateful to the people who do that for us and then to receive gratefulness from people who we do it for, mm -hmm. like, that's value. Yeah. That's the spice. Yeah. And I, th thank you so much. I wasn't going to read, I, I was just going to read this, this um, email to Andrew and I privately but now i think i'm going to keep it in the episode because it's like it's super sweet it, it really yeah it matters it matters to us a lot so riley thank you so much yeah. if you want to send us anything our email is yourartfriendspod at gmail.com on twitter it's your art friends you can find me at best be rad on twitter instagram tiktok youtube and twitch i live stream mondays for sure and some other random day Oh, oh, what I should shout out, of course, D&D and D, you know, I have a D&D podcast, but I'm also doing a second D&D campaign. Um, I'm playing a Psy warrior, like noble old lady. Of course, she's you're not an old, old lady. She's like, she's 40. What's the voice? <laughs> What's the voice? Old. Oh, she's a southern male. Okay. She's a. I like that. Uh, can't. An orn is she ornery? She's howdy. She's a howdy Southern Belle. Um, of course she is. And I'm playing that on Twitch every other Tuesday, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. 9 p.m. 8 p.m. Eastern. Eastern. 8 p.m. Eastern. Three hours. 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Runaway Robots Twitch channel. So if you follow me on Twitter, then you can see all the links to that. Also in your Discord, right? Yes, on my disc. I don't talk about my Discord okay. on the podcast. Sorry. There's just too many places, right? Yeah. Like Twitter is the best place. Yeah. If you follow me on Twitch, then be on Discord. If you follow me not on Twitch, then I talk to you about stuff on Twitter. Um, and my Instagram's basically dead. <laughs> <laughs> Something about that is funny to like not address. Um, yeah, and you can find me at Schmandrew Art pretty much everywhere. Uh, the main ones are Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Um, and on Twitch, I sometimes stream. Uh, you can check out my website, schmandrewart.com, and you can find playmats and prints and stuff like that. Um, yeah, that's it. Let's, you and I should schedule a dual stream. Yeah. Do you want, should we do that right now and then tell everybody? Yeah, let's live let's, on let's, the podcast. Let's, let's pick, pick a date. Okay, we just looked at our schedules. November 1st. We're going to do a dual stream on November 1st on Twitch. And we'll just do it's a Your Art Friends stream. Yeah. We're going to work on some fun stuff. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see what it's going to end up being. Um, but I hope to see you guys there. Yeah. Well, we've come to the end of the podcast. Sometimes we were serious, and sometimes it was just tomfoolery. Shout out to famed 16th century court jester Tom Fool. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just what you get when two friends who met because of a shared love of making things and a bare ass hang out together. Can I can I do it? <laughs> I'm gonna get like a burst blood vessel trying to do this. Math <laughs> is gonna get worse. <laughs>
You can listen to his music on Spotify and iTunes under the name Makeshift Radio. 